Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We'll start things out here tonight with a special guest, uh, one that uh, we've not had on in a while, and it's no one's fault but our own, I guess. Uh, he is Jim Babka, and he is the president of DownsizeDC.org. Jim, are you with us, sir? I am, and I'll share the blame with you, Ian. That's all right. It's uh, it's okay. So no, no need to pass too much blame around here, because you're here now, and DownsizeDC.org is continuing to do a very unique work in Washington, D.C., a place that I uh, mostly have given up on, uh, but Jim, I haven't given up on you. In fact, uh, I'm not the only one. You were just recently speaking at the uh, the the Defiance Tax Day Tea Party, as I understand it. Yes, I was there, and a couple days before, I was at another one down in uh, Harrison County, Ohio, and that's my third one this year. I've got another one I'm going to be doing in Pennsylvania at the end of August, Williamsport, right at the same time at the Little League World Series. Now, I just would like to mention uh, for our listeners that are Jim Babka fans, they can actually go and see a clip of you speaking at thinktwicenews.com. Uh, Think Twice News has uh, been covering the uh, the events down there in the Defiance region because, well, that's where Jason Osborne lives, and he's the producer uh, behind the videos. But you can actually see some, some really great clips of what I consider to be a, a very persuasively done speech, Jim. Well, uh, well done. Good job. Thank you, and I look good in red, don't I? <laughs> you always look good. Uh, so down- I lost a few pounds. I don't know if you could tell. I, I'm, I'm down a bit. Well, that's I'm excellent. downsizing Jim. I, I, I didn't <laughs> notice, but uh, I, you know, you, you always look svelte to me, Jim. Thank you. So, Thank you. Uh, so enough back padding. Uh, Jim Babka, Downsize DC. Go ahead and give our new listeners a briefing as to what Downsize DC is, and then we'll talk about what you guys are doing right now. Well, DownsizeDC.org uh, is a website that allows people to get informed about the issues of the day very quickly. Uh, they're sitting there in the morning with a coffee, uh, cup of coffee in their bathrobe. Uh, they can get informed quickly, uh, send a message off to Congress, and, and be done thinking about government for the day. Uh, and, and that's really the way it should be. And the system's real easy to use. You just put in your basic contact information. The system tells you who your representative and two senators are, and then takes uh, your, mess- your personalized message and delivers it to the respect, their respective web forms and does so in such a way that that uh, office knows that it's hearing from a constituent. Messages from constituents do count. They do matter, especially when they're joined with thousands of others, which is what we're really trying to do. We're trying to build an, an army at DownsizeDC.org, an army that's so big that Congress cannot afford to ignore us. And you've been doing a fairly, uh, fairly good job of it. I mean, how many thousands of D.C. downsizers do you, uh, do you have at this time? Well, I'm hoping... Any moment now, any second now, we are going to cross 27,000 subscribers uh, to our email list. And uh, the the pace at which we are growing has increased uh, uh, over the last several months quite rapidly. Uh, Every every week, it seems like it's growing faster than the week before. Excellent. And so what is it that is exciting right now? What is it that's going to get people to go to DownsizeDC.org if they've never done it before, take advantage of your system? Well, as you guys know, we've pioneered an issue. We spoke out and put together a bill called the Read the Bills Act. And uh, we've done a lot of uh, spade work on this issue. We've pushed this harder than anybody else has out there. And uh, now all of a sudden there seems to be some interest. The minority party in the House, 
uh, has decided that it's really bad all of a sudden that the majority party is not, you know, giving enough time to read the bills and they're stuffing things in at the last minute. And so all of a sudden, read the bills has become something of a meme. And there's organizations out there trying to take little bits and pieces of what we've proposed, not the full Monty, because, uh, frankly, that scares them. And uh, they're looking to offer some really watered-down versions of the same, uh, trying to take advantage of this idea that we, we've introduced, that Congress should read its bills. Have you seen a, an interest up, uh, upturn, if you will, or an interest spike since Barack Obama was elected? Because obviously there's been this, uh, this Tea Party phenomenon which appeared out of nowhere as though, you know, the, the idea, the suggestion is that all of a sudden the federal government's gone bad. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, now, uh, now all of a sudden that the uh, Democrat is in charge, all of the same things that have been going on under the Republican administration are some, somehow now, uh, distasteful to a, a large group of people. Has, has that been positive for Downsize DC? Because, you know, you've got to take the, the help where you can get it, right? Yeah, we do. And, and, and uh, that may be part of what explains kind of the rapid pace at which things have begun to pick up of late. Uh, but we had a really interesting thing. You know, we're basically anti-establishment. the So whichever party's in power, whichever one's driving the agenda at the moment, that's the one we're probably opposing. Uh, when it was the Patriot Act and warrantless surveillance and war, more and more war, uh, we were the ones that were standing up and saying, no, this is wrong, and we are opposing this. And by the way, they weren't reading their bills back then either. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, and, and now this, the, the scene has shifted. The issues have shifted. Uh, and I, I, frankly, I'm very stunned by the scope and speed at which uh, Barack Obama has moved and attempted to move. Uh, but uh, be that as it may, uh, we had this is, you'll find this interesting. We had uh, a lot of people that were with us back when we were critical of, of the Republicans and George Bush, and uh, they didn't like it when we were critical of Barack Obama. And so we had a, 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 lar- a rather large attrition and defection rate, a lot of nasty messages. You know, we were supposed to hail the newborn king when he arose, uh, arose here in, in Washington, and, and uh, uh, we didn't do that. We continued to be who we were, and we were critical of big government wherever it was showing up. And so, you know, we had a little bit of a bumpy ride here the first uh, quarter or four months or so of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's, it has changed. I mean, we are definitely now starting to pick up speed. Now, um, it's, it's my understanding that uh, House Majority Leader, uh, is it Stinney Hoyer? Um, yes. Got, got himself a little chuckle out of the idea that, he, that, that uh, members of Congress should read bills. Yeah, you know, there's, there's one group that's trying to steal our idea, a conservative Republican group that put a petition up online, and they are simply asking for a 72-hour waiting period before the bill actually, uh, a final copy of the bill is printed before it actually gets voted upon. Uh, that's all they're asking for. So no requirement, for no requirement to actually read the bill, which is one of no, the... No, no, and in fact, uh, it's, it comes nowhere near ours, and in fact, it's, uh, they only want to do this for the health care bill. It's a pledge <laughs> on the health care bill. And so, you know, it's a stalling tactic. I mean, that's why, how it's being used here. Um, but it's interesting because it's, it's getting a lot of play, and people are starting to say, wait a minute, why don't they read their bills, and why are they passing these things so fast? And, and they should slow down and sweat the details. And, you know, some of our verbiage has even ended up in, uh, in editorials that have been published elsewhere, things that we've written on our website and that we may or may not get credit for, but, you know, people are starting to repeat our lines. And so, you know, you can get anything you want accomplished if you're, if you're not too concerned about where the credit goes. And, frankly, I'm not concerned about credit. I'm concerned about making sure that there's actually something done that has real teeth. But getting back to Mr. Hoyer, yes, he said there's no way they're going to be able to read the health care bill. He laughed at the notion. But here's what I think you guys will really enjoy. He, he basically told us how we can defeat all of their bad legislation. He said that a bill like this, a bill this size, 
a bill that covers this scope of, of, of issue would never get passed if Congress was required to read it. So what he's just told us is if we want smaller government, we need to make them shorten their bills. And our proposal, only our proposal does that because there's a requirement in our Read the Bills Act that says that the bill has to be read aloud to a quorum. 50% plus one of the members, as the Constitution defines it, have to sit and listen to a literal word-for-word, in-order reading of the entire bill. That's the only thing that's going to shorten these bills. I can't think of anything else. Now, of course, the biggest problem that you've been encountering with the Read the Bills Act is that the people in Washington, D.C., inside the Beltway, you know, they're, they're just not that interested in this. Whereas anybody else you talk to, whether they are Democrat, Republican, or whatever, uh, that they do like this idea because they understand that these people don't read the bills, and that's a fairly dangerous habit. So uh, how's it going as far as the growth is concerned uh, with making this actually come to uh, to fruition, I mean, you're saying they're introducing these uh, little wimpy versions of uh, the Read the Bills Act, but what kind of progress are you making in actually getting this? Uh... Well, I, there's there's encouraging things happening, and I'm getting more calls to do interviews, uh, and they're coming from from new quarters, people we've never met before, because this issue is being discussed. They do a Google search and they find out about us, and they call us up on the phone and. And so that's begun to pick up, and, and uh, we're not really still not doing anything specifically uh, to pursue that, and that's happening. And uh, we also, I mean, we're just getting lots of lots of advice on, on what we're doing that we weren't getting before. I, I think we're going to get the Congress to do what we want. It's a matter of putting enough pressure on them. That's why we need to build the Army. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. If you have a question for Jim Babka, he is with us from DownsizedDC.org. We'll come back. Talk a little more about what's happening right now and more with Jim. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, and those features include the Facebook page. You can become a fan, as it is called. Just go to facebook.freetalklive.com, click the Become a Fan link, and that's all there is to it, facebook.freetalklive.com. Oh, of course, I'm presuming you already are a Facebook member, as there are millions of them out there. If you're not, what are you thinking? It's, uh, what is it, the most popular, the most uh, hip Social networking website out there? Has it overcome MySpace yet? I I think it has, right? So facebook.freetalklive.com. And while you're surfing around, make sure you check out the Low Country Liberty Report. This ridleyographer from Savannah, Georgia, focuses on pro-freedom issues around the country. Liberty-oriented reports for liberty-minded folk. He doesn't pretend to be unbiased in reporting and tries to add some humor to every report. Find his videos at lclreport.com. That's lclreport.com. Or join the LCL group on Facebook or Twitter. All right, our number here, 800-259-9231. We're with Jim Babka. He is the president of DownsizedDC.org, an online system that allows you to lobby the so-called representatives in Washington, D.C., but not do it alone, not be the lone voice in the wilderness, but to team up with thousands of other people who are also sending similar messages to the people, uh, the drunken sailors in D.C., in hopes that one of them might actually pay attention and, and do something about it. Uh, and, you know, you've had some successes over the years, Jim, and it's still a relatively small organization with uh, 20-something thousand uh, members and uh, approaching 30,000. And maybe uh, some of our listeners that are new to the idea 
could come over and get involved. In fact, if they go to DC.org, they can get signed up for the Downsize DC Dispatch and really keep in the loop with what's going on. Uh, what's that all about, the dispatch? Tell me about that. Well, the Downsizer Dispatch is uh, kind of our, our key tool for, uh, for motivating the Army to action and providing uh, information to people uh, on a daily basis that they can use. Uh, it's a free email newsletter, and, and uh, we report on what Congress is up to, uh, give you some of the, the latest uh, news and talking points that you can use when you craft and send your message. Now, uh, we do have Nick here with us from Free Minds TV, Free Minds Radio. I guess uh, we could call him your protege to some extent uh, because they <laughs> took over for you after you left the Downsize DC uh, dis, uh, radio show. And, uh, mm-hmm. of course, Free Minds Radio has been doing a, a darn fine job uh, in your yes. stead. Uh, yes, they have. And so Nick is here, and you had a question, Nick. Yeah, um, but speaking of the Downsizer Dispatch, Jim, I, I received one on Monday talking about um, a Supreme Court brief that you guys are filing, and I know that most of your activity deals with putting pressure on representatives in Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you want to fill the listeners and me in a little bit about what exactly the uh, the brief you're filing ha- is going to do? Yeah, I'll just switch hats for a second, because we actually have two organizations, and the other is called, the, uh, very cleverly, the Downsize DC Foundation. And uh, we have more of an educational mission over there. And in uh, this case, we're going to get to educate the Supreme Court and others uh, about the notion that the, uh, the right of the freedom of the press, uh, spelled out very specifically in plain language, separated by a conjunction or indicating difference from all other things in the list, uh, is an individual right. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people think of freedom of the press, and they think of big newspapers like the New York Times or mm-hmm. Or maybe they're even willing to extend it to, uh, uh, to MSNBC and Fox News. But uh, the fact of the matter is, is that uh, a free press right is an individual right, as are all the indi- uh, rights in the Bill of Rights. These are individual rights. Yeah, if you've got a camera, I've, I've said recently, if you've got a camera, if you've got an audio recorder, if you've got a pad and a piece of paper, you're the press. Uh, That's exactly right. That's exactly right, and, and, and it's interesting that you said, the, you know, pad of paper, a camera. The interesting thing about each of those things is that they cost money. And broadcasting and publishing costs money. Uh, unlike speech, which you can stand on a street corner on the top of a box and tub thump all about, uh, you, when you go to try to publish something, uh, somebody somewhere is expending money to make that happen. Well, we have campaign finance laws in this country that limit your free press rights as an individual, and no one has ever, uh, aside from us, has litigated this uh, this issue before the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court and, and very virtually everyone else has yet to understand this very fundamental concept that there is a free press right. Essentially, we are being discriminated against, Nick, because what they're saying is, is that some foreign corporation can come into the United States of America, buy up a newspaper, and they can, they can destroy the, the career of, a, of one politician that they hate, elevate and endorse and give all kinds of free, very valuable press space to the other, and, and there's no regulation or prohibition on that, and that's as it should be. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, if you attempt to do the same thing, well, you're going to be hearing from the FEC, and you're going to get hit with trouble damages, and God help you if you can't pay the fines. And so uh, this, the, the purpose of these campaign finance laws, the thing that so many people miss, is that they are incumbent protection acts. Yeah, and that's certainly very... the effect they've had. I mean, that's, it limits the participation of average people in the political process as well. Yes, what it means is that you can't have a great equalizer. You know, uh, Eugene McCarthy was somebody who very much opposed these campaign finance laws when he was alive, and the reason he did is that in 1968, when he uh, ran against Lyndon Johnson for the Democratic Party nomination, forcing Johnson to drop out of the race uh, rather than be embarrassed in Wisconsin, 
He did so because he was able to score not a victory, but a very stunning, uh, lo- stunningly large percentage of votes by running a television ad-based campaign. It was the first of its kind. Where did a challenger get all this money? Well, it turned out that back then, and this is big money for 1968, there were five men that gave him $100,000 apiece to help him launch his campaign, and many others that gave large contributions as well. And he said that if the laws that were in place today had been in place in 1968, Lyndon Johnson would have had the Democratic nomination, and and who knows what would have happened from there. But history changed because of, of this particular rule. I frequently, Nick, think about my former boss, Harry Brown, and how what an eloquent and great spokesperson he was for liberty, and the fact that if he could have had the benefit of a handful of donors who could have put down, let's say, a million dollars apiece, what that would have done? Would it have gotten him in the debates? And if he'd have gotten in the debates, what would have happened from there? Oh, man. I think he would have cleaned those guys' clocks. <laughs> yeah, talk about a, uh, a liberty fantasy to have Harry Brown get into a presidential debate. Yeah, and, and I, I understand that the argument that's made in favor of campaign finance reform is that it allows very rich people to manipulate the political process. But the fact of the matter is the campaign finance laws are written in a way that allow incumbents to keep their political machines going, and they, they are financed by very wealthy corporations. And mm-hmm. I, I think what's the cap for the co- cap for a corporation is much higher than an individual? Well, it's, it's not really so much a matter of that. I mean, corporations really are, are very regulated into how they could give, but they can, they can always get their people to go there. And, you know, everybody belongs to the, to the industry trade association, and they make sure that when they fill out their checks, when they buy a seat at the rubber chicken dinner, that they put the proper source code in the memo line there, and that way they know how many people, when the industry lobbyist shows up, how much money he's capable of generating into their campaign. So it's very easy for an incumbent to get around these laws, but because the challenger has no similar access to sell, and, and to make even matters worse, uh, all don- donations to him are going to be reported, unlike a secret ballot, everything that you give is reported. Uh, they don't want to f- be on the wrong side of the ledger when they need to go get access to that, con- to that congressman. And so these two things kind of form a double whammy that keep the challenger from being able to raise uh, opposition money, and it becomes a lot like filling a swimming pool with a teaspoon. So, Jim, uh, where can people go to – is this still, still the Downsize DC dispatch that's following that particular uh, Yeah, Yeah, we're reporting on it from there as well because both organizations, the Downsize DC Foundation and DC.org. Uh, report through the Downsizer Dispatch to their supporters every day. I want to encourage our listeners to go and get involved. Uh, It's a last-ditch attempt to to do something with the uh, ever-failing federal government. And, Jim, I always appreciate your time, and and thank you for coming on the show tonight. Thanks, Jim. I'm really glad to have been here. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Good night. 800-259-9231. That's Jim from DownsizedDC.org. More coming up. They say we're hated for our freedoms. Their solution? Take away our freedoms. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. They spend both your lives and your money with reckless abandon. We're out of money now. We're operating uh, in deep deficits. One organization dares to dream of a world where nations compete for citizens instead of enslaving them. The Seasteading Institute is looking for pioneers to homestead the high seas and take civilization to the next level. Join the revolution at Seasteading. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. 
Oh, and those features include, by the way, the BBS with over 450,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there. Serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all, and it's all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. Join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. Incorporate your business, create a will or living trust, even register a trademark. It's empowering you, protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. It's LegalZoom.com. In a perfect world, we wouldn't need legal documents like this to protect us from the overreaching governments. However, we do. So it's LegalZoom.com. All right, so we will uh, go to your phone calls about whatever you want. Let's talk to Eric in Texas on the amp line. Hello, Eric. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your are mind? You, uh, are you familiar with the concept of the Streisand effect? Streisand effect. Uh, negative. What is that? It, it was coined a few years ago when a, a journalist took some photos of Barbara Streisand's home, uh, and she sued them to prevent them from publishing it even though it was taken from a helicopter out over the ocean. Wow. Uh, it, it became a, a term used to describe uh, suing people to prevent publishing of information, uh, basically back, uh, uh, backfiring and getting it much more attention than it ever would have gotten. Was, uh, was it successful, the lawsuit? Uh, you know, in, in that particular case, I don't remember. I don't think it was. Okay. Well, I guess that's uh, good. Uh, but uh, for a more recent example, we can look at the story last week of the D.C. Uh, police chief uh, whining about uh, the, the iPhone app Trapster for, for police, uh, finding out where police are hiding. <laughs> oh, by the way, that reminds me. Uh, I don't know if this was mentioned on the air. I don't think it was. Uh, it was, it was told uh, to us originally that Trapster, this uh, what was originally advertised as an iPhone application that allows people to discover where police speed traps are and speed cameras and red light cameras and where uh, areas where police are normally known to kind of hang out, those kind of areas. It, it indicates all of that on a GPS map on the iPhone. Turns out there is an application for Blackberries, and there may be more uh, different applications for other types of smartphones out there. So I believe the website is Trapster.com, so all smartphone uh, users should really look into this. It's pretty neat software. Yeah. Uh, so there's a there's a news story out uh, happened over the weekend. Uh, are you familiar with the website Failblog? No. Failblog. No, yeah, it's the Failblog. I think it's Failblog.org or something like that. Maybe .com. Okay. Uh, but they show they show pictures of people failing at things. So like you'll see one. Oh yeah, say, yeah. Where, where they write the word fail on the picture and it's really funny. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. It's fun stuff. Uh, so is that an weekend, internet? Somebody, is that an internet meme, Eric? It is. Okay. It is. Uh, so over the weekend, somebody found a picture uh, or took a screenshot of the website for the Guinness Book of World Records, hmm. where it was showing the record for the most people killed in a terrorist attack. Obviously, 9/11. Okay. Uh, now, Not obvious. On their <laughs> uh, on their website, uh, they use you know it's like most. Uh, websites these days, they have it's all generated by back-end templates and stuff, and of course one of the things they have is, click here if you've broken the record. So, on the page where it said you know, the record for the most people killed in terrorist attack, there was a link that says, click here to break this record. And so the fail block took a screenshot and put it up on their website. And of course, you know, 
Guinness didn't uh, like it when it got out. So now they've sent uh, uh, their legal, uh, the, their lawyers after the fail blog, and of course, gotten this much more press than it ever would have gotten. Yeah. So you're just telling that story, or is there something you're tying it into? <laughs> no, that I mean that was just uh, this is a common thing that you can see where uh, uh, you know people, whether it's private individuals or the government trying to use itself uh, to prevent people from getting information out. Uh, yes. you know, just, gets it out even further than it otherwise would have. I mean, I'd and, never heard of this yeah. fail blog, and now uh, probably thousands upon thousands of people have been exposed to this blog, whereas had Guinness just left them alone, uh, they right. would not have been so well exposed. Also, it uh, it sort of diminishes the effect of uh, intellectual property laws and, and things like that. For, for I disagree with most of the intellectual property laws out there, and these uh you know the the a, an active media just um you know makes it so that uh, these intellectual property laws aren't you know people can't use the legal system to get what they want through these laws do you understand what i'm saying i do not no. okay i'll uh, attempt fail uh guinness book of world's record didn't want fail blog to uh get you know to use its stuff and therefore aggrandize itself through the use of their intellectual property right okay right. they failed <laughs> yeah it be, and so there, thereby, um, you know, getting using uh, going against sort of the the purpose of a very bad law. Got it. Right. Well said tonight, Eric. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We've seen that over and over again, as he was pointing out. Yeah. Uh, where sort of the the old school uh, established organization decides to go after this teeny whatever the teeny little blog site is or the uh, the little uh, website is, and that's kind of something we'd like to happen to Free Talk Live. Maybe some big <laughs> established uh, organization could come after us and and attack us. That'd be and, really great. Yeah, well, it happened with Stefan Molyneux, as we talked about at the uh, the Liberty Forum when he was here visiting in New Hampshire. Uh, the some old big newspaper in Great Britain attacked him for doing his show, Freedom Main, uh, Freedom Main Radio, and was the biggest uh, bit of publicity he'd ever gotten for for his show. Yep. Actually, over on failblog.org, they actually do have the the letter sent to them by the uh, attorney from the Guinness Book, or at least they have a publication. You know, they're a little blurb they wrote about it. And they're calling that a fail, too. And it's actually got way more votes than a lot of these other fails. So in a way, they did get a lot more traffic to that particular fail. So it's failblog.org is the website? Failblog.org. Let's continue with your calls. Stephen is in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Stephen. Hello. Um, how does the typical um, debate about minimum wage go with a minimum wage supporter? Uh, I'm, I'm going to suggest something and then see if you... Uh, See if this corresponds with your experience. I, a few years ago, they were trying to push for a higher minimum wage here in Colorado, and they had people out in front of the Walmart uh, petitioning for this. Hmm. And uh, the guy asked me if I would sign it, and I, I said no. And he said, "Oh, well, you know, you must, you must hate poor people." <laughs> I said, "No, in fact, I don't hate poor people, which is exactly why I'm against minimum wage." And and I did, I just kind of bailed out of that. Usually, I'm all up for a good argument, but. That one was going to go nowhere because, you know, usually it would just go down, come down to two people accusing each other of, you know, hating the poor or whatever, or mm -hmm. hating low-wage workers. And uh, I, just, I just wonder, you know, um, sort of uh, trying to go by Harry Brown, who was just mentioned, uh, and, and Michael Cloud and Jim Babka, uh, what would be a better way 
you think to approach a minimum wage argument? Because, you know, me, I'm ready to roll up my sleeves to get out with somebody. But there's better ways. Yeah, the first thing I would suggest you do, and this applies to anything, uh, any topic of discussion, is get away from the terms argument. Uh, get get away from that whole conflict mentality. I understand that it's fun to get into arguments, but it doesn't really do much as far as persuading people. And if that's what your goal is, then you shouldn't be arguing with people. You should be focusing on persuasion. I know it's easy to say that, and it's it's much more difficult to actually put it into uh, persuasion into effect. But I think the first big step is to change your mindset about what it is that you're doing. Do you want to argue with somebody? Because if you argue with that person, what you're going to do is the typical thing that happens in an argument or a debate. And they teach you this in government school. If they teach debating in government school, it's probably a good idea to throw all that crap out. Just the whole idea of debating, because what happens is everybody digs their trench. You've got the two sides, and we'll bring you back here in a moment. We'll talk about the issue, because Peter Schiff recently published a great article uh, at LouRockwell.com about this. But uh, argumentation just results in both sides digging in a trench and then lobbing bombs at one another, verbal bombs. And nothing ever gets accomplished besides, uh, you know, the fact that people get mentally wasted over the... uh, over the entire discussion. We'll come back, talk about persuasion, minimum wage here in a moment. Take your calls about anything. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. It's that simple. You can buy used items even. We'll still get a cut even if you buy used, uh, so you'll save some money that way. And if you're buying brand new, you're still going to save money because Amazon's got some great prices. Uh, Amazon.freetalklive.com. All right. We had Stephen on the line. He dropped off, but we'll still answer the question because it was a good one. Uh, talking about the minimum wage and persuasion, or as he put it, well, how do you deal with an argument over the minimum wage? And I said, well, first thing you need to do is stop using the term argument, uh, arguing or argumentation and, and focusing on your discussions as though they are arguments, because I believe that's just a it's a mindset that is worthy of changing. It's It's worthy of changing your mindset to the mindset of persuasion in an argument. Nobody ever really loses, right, because both sides believe they've won, right? They dig into their trenches, and they lob bombs at one another, and some feelings might end up getting hurt, but each side usually walks away from the argument believing they've bested the other side. Even if they don't believe they've bested the other side, they still believe what they believe, and they haven't been persuaded. Yeah, they believe what they believe, and the other side's a jerk, you know? The only benefit I can see from having an argument is if you're essentially out-arguing somebody, and you can use them as a heel to convince people who really have no position on an issue. Yeah, and, and that would which be on is, the radio. Which is, <laughs> right. which, which, is, which is done here on this show. That's true. Over and over. Now, so. if you're going to persuade somebody, I think that the first thing you want to do is frame the discussion. I, I think that you and I can agree that we want to help low-wage workers 
to be able to make a living and pay for their, uh, you know, uh, support their families and pay for food and, and, and shelter, right? Finding that first point of agreement is the first step to a, having a persuasive discussion. And so agreeing is very important. So that's what happened. He was out in front of a Walmart. Coming out of Walmart, some petitioner approached him and asked him to sign a minimum wage petition to raise the right. minimum wage in Colorado. And he said no. And he said, well, don't you care about the poor? Uh, that's a perfect opportunity to make that agreement. Well, yes, of course, I care about the poor. And then you can go on to explain how it is that uh, with your beliefs, that is liberty, freedom, that the poor will be helped far better than the minimum wage, which in point of fact doesn't actually help the poor. But right, the, the minimum ask, wage presupposes that evil employers would... Uh, Employ their employees, whom they work with every day, likely, um, at you know far less than market wages, uh, because just because they could. And of course, it also presupposes that employees wouldn't walk away from that. Um, and you know that uh, you, I, I think that you should uh, that, that that's a good way to go with it, because it, then it it really shows the person for the for the 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 nasty vitriolic uh, position that they have, which is that um, look, I mean, you're just assuming that everybody's that that employees Employers are bad people when, in fact, employers are just like you and me. And every time you uh, a minimum wage gets uh, raised around the United States, you can read story after story of little businesses that are saying that they're going to have to lay people off or they're not going to hire as many people or, the, you know, whatever. And essentially that minimum wage, in fact, costs low-wage jobs. And those were, there were people in those jobs that are now not making money or they've had to go on to something else. Minimum wage doesn't drive up wages for um, in, it doesn't drive up wages for everyone. It drives up wages for the ones that continue working. Now there are different persuasive tactics that you can utilize. And Michael Cloud's name was mentioned earlier this hour. He was somebody who uh, he's somebody who's involved with the Advocates for Self Government, which is a great organization that is dedicated to helping liberty-minded people. Uh, to hone their persuasive techniques, to hone their communication abilities, and to get far better than they initially start at. And we all started somewhere, and hopefully we're better uh, than we are than we were originally. And the the advocates have done a great job of helping people get better. You can go to theadvocates.org to learn more about them and to order some of their materials. Michael Cloud wrote the Secrets of Libertarian Persuasion, which uh, actually was originally an audio tape series, and now it's a book. So you can grab that book and learn a lot about this particular topic. Learn various different techniques. Techniques. One of those techniques, and I, I'm reading the book because I listened to the audio tapes a long time ago, so I'm in the middle of the book right now, and it's been a while since I booked it up. I think I'm in the middle of five books right now. But uh, one of the techniques is to ask a question like, well, if I could show you that the minimum wage actually hurts the people it's intending to help, would you be willing to look at that? You can ask a qualifying kind of question yeah, like that idea. instead of just kind of spending a bunch of time. Because you're out in front of Walmart there. You don't know who this person is. You don't have any family history or friendship or, or work history with this person. Just a random person that uh, you happen to have encountered. Uh, so that's a good qualifying kind of question to see if this person's mind is even open to persuasion. Well, because, it's, it's also a pry bar for opening that mind because they've now said, yes, I would be willing to look at it. So they've given you permission to... Right. Go Otherwise, ahead. they're um, you know they're, they're, they've really shown themselves to be uh, you know stuck in their position. They might say something right. like, "Well, yes, but I don't believe you could." Mm. And and then they're like, "Oh, you, you know, you're you're taking a look at uh, they're they're going to have to take a look at themselves." Well, I can see you're really open to hearing other sides of this story, and you know then you can just say at that point you can disengage and say, 
because what it's showing that person is, wow, I really showed myself to be not very open and mm-hmm. – you, you can uh, and you didn't waste your yeah, time. Yeah, it's a tactic. You're not wasting your time, and there's they have to look at themselves as wow. I just uh, you know I, I I didn't listen to somebody who had who was going to talk to me about an issue that's important to me. Right, and remember that with persuasion, there really aren't any losers. Uh, if if an argument did have a winner and, and loser, and from your perspective it will, of course, you'll feel like you won if it's an argument, and they'll feel like they might have won, but. Uh, with with persuasion, everybody wins because the person who had an old viewpoint replaces it with a preferred viewpoint because they've made the decision themselves that to be persuaded. They have decided that based on what it is that you've said, and odds are good it's not going to happen right there. Odds are good that you're going to have yeah. your conversation. They're going to go home, sleep on it, think about it for six, eight, nine months, however long it takes them to really kind of turn the gears on the issue. and then Incorporate they'll... it into their own thought processes and never give you credit. Right, and then they'll believe they came to the conclusion themselves. And yes. that's fine. You don't need credit just as long as you have success in, in helping people understand what, what liberty is all about. But that's why I say it's, it's, not, a, it's not a conflict. You know, that's what argumentation is. It's it's conflict between two different people holding different viewpoints. Persuasion is basically uh, just reaching out and pulling toward you uh, the people that would are likely to agree with you if, if you're persuasive enough. So essentially, essentially you're winning is, um, by bringing them on board with your ideas, and they're winning because they've replaced an old bad idea with a new better idea, and they believe they did it all on their own. So that's one of the real benefits to the persuasive process. And just this whole idea of the mindset that you need to be in to have these conversations, the mindset of, I'm not, I don't want to argue this. And you can catch yourself sometimes. I'll catch myself getting into that kind of argumentation mode and I'll realize, well, wait, I'm, 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 that's not what I'm here to do. I need to change my uh, tactics. I need to change uh, into persuasion. And I still hear this kind of conflict mindset throughout the liberty movement. I think it's detrimental. I think it's detrimental just to each individual's viewpoint and, and mindset and how they see themselves. You know, they see themselves fighting for liberty. They see themselves. Yes. Uh, the, the, the word "fight" I hear right. so this, often. This is a battle. With this, we are an battle. army. Yeah. There, there, there's a war, and um, the Jim Jim Babka was just doing. He the did army just thing. It just used the terminology <laughs> army, and um, uh, you know, I these are things that I've been moving away from. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, you know, calling anybody out on the carpet for using these terms. No. It's myself, and I've been doing it. Absolutely. And I don't want to do it anymore. Um, is the idea that we're in conflict with, uh, you know, people that that want the same things that we want? What you that resist doesn't make persists, any sense. Right. right? Absolutely. So I, I think so. That's, when you are in the battle, when right. you are in a fight, even if you win one battle, you haven't won the war. So there's uh, the the other side is going to redouble their efforts, and they're going to come back at you. So if you get your Ron Paul uh, guy elected. The next term, the other guys are going to re, uh, double their efforts and come back and fight you some more. And so the fight never ends. The political fight never ends. But if you change your mindset from instead of just uh, instead of battling for liberty or fighting for liberty, and instead just talking about living free and persuading others to live free, to join you in in freedom and uh, accepting these ideas, I think it's just a completely it'll be a big change for this movement. Yeah, I think one of the detrimental things about acting like you're in some kind of a conflict is that other people can pick up on that, and if they're not agreeing with you, presumably you're treating them like they're an enemy or they're an opponent, Mm. and they can kind of pick up on that vibe if you're talking to them, and that's not going to bring people over because you're already setting up 
you know, an emotional situation where they already feel like they're on the other side of the fence from you, even if they're really not that far off. I mean, they could be someone who agrees with you on a lot of points, but I find that, especially with people who really care about liberty, sometimes you'll zero in on that one area where they don't agree and try to, you know, basically fight it out with them there. And that can actually push people away rather than move them towards your position. But it is fun to argue. 800-259-9231. I think that's one of the uh, appeals of arguing is it's just, it's, it's fun to have that conflict for, for people, but it doesn't actually produce anything for the person you're talking to except hard feelings. Hour two's coming up. Free Talk Live. I had a great idea at work yesterday. So, I gathered my A-team to meet online using WebEx. I passed the ball to Carol in Atlanta, and I created some killer graphics. Then, I passed the ball to Taz in San Jose because I write the code that makes their ideas work online. Then I passed the ball to Logan in Cambridge. I'm kind of the keeper of cool. And hey, it was cool. So now, my idea wasn't just an idea. It was our hot new product line created by our national development team spread across three time zones and we couldn't have done it without passing the ball using webex the only way to pass the ball online pass the ball get your ideas rolling go to webex.com and try webex free just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 606 to get a free trial and a free retractable boy pet set remember that code 606 Webex from Cisco. W-E-B-E-X dot com. Free headsets available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. We're launching into the second hour of the program. 800-259-9231. That is the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI. And tonight it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Our website is completely free. You can enjoy all of those features there and feel good because, well, you don't have to pay for anything. That's the way a good talk show website should be. Most of those other talk show hosts apparently don't get it because they want to charge you money for their websites. Uh, except for Nick. Uh, he is one of the uh, the guys that doesn't. Free Minds TV, Free Minds Radio, uh, you're the host of both of those shows. FreeMindsMedia.com is your website, and the content there is also free. But like Free Talk Live, you do have a, a voluntary contribution program that does open up a few new options to your listeners. And a little viewers. bit of extra content, but most most of it you can get right up there on the the public side of the website, completely free. How's the blog been going? I know you uh, you and Toby have been uh, blogging as of late. Have you been keeping that up? Uh, we have. I posted an article yesterday, and Toby has reposted a letter that Dave Ridley had written from his stint in jail. Ah, uh, excellent. You, you about... beat me to it. I was going to do that over at Free Keen. Yeah, we scooped you on it, so we did oh. actually get a little spike in traffic today, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure you can post it over at Free Keen. And other, oh, I will. People will uh, flock there as well. In fact, I'm in the midst of, uh, during the news break, I was in the midst of posting something over at Free Keen because it looks like the Keen Sentinel, the newspaper uh, here in the area, has written an article in the editorial department or the editorial pages about my stamped $1 bills. Well, actually, stamped everything uh, denomination bills. Whatever gets, uh, whatever money comes into my hands, I always stamp it with Free Talk Live. Uh, it says Pro Liberty Talk Radio, freetalklive.com. And then the Free Keen stamp says, Keen's number one blog for news, opinion, and activism, freekeen.com. I stamp one side with the Free Talk Live stamp. I stamp the other side with the Free Keen stamp. And I have to say, I never expected to get 
any more acknowledgement beyond just the occasional person saying, oh, hey, I got one of your bills at the store, which has happened. Uh, but now I've got an entire newspaper editorial about the stamps, and I'm just amazed by this. Well, so. as you pointed out, Ian, it might have something to do with the fact that you paid your property tax bill uh, in $1 bills that were stamped with yes. both those stamps. So that's quite a few bills to put into circulation in a small all one town time. all at once. Yeah, uh, so it was uh, the, when I went down to pay $2,700 in property taxes, I think probably, I know at least 1500 of them were stamped, maybe closer to 2000 I didn't take a real close inventory. I, I just went through it as many as I could, and just, it was just so repetitive. It was awful stamping that many bills, but I did it, and that was one of the main reasons why I paid with $1 bills, was so I could use that as an extra excuse, so essentially an added bonus. It was a, the idea of doing the paying the property taxes in ones was to be a visual kind of protest against property taxes and the, and the violence of the state, and I think we succeeded in that, and you can see Sam's video that he took of it at ObscuredTruth.com. Uh, to see exactly what $3,000 in ones looks like when it's all stacked up. It's pretty uh, pretty impressive looking. So there was that kind of benefit, but at the same time, also, I could have stamped those bills, which I did, and get additional promotion for Free Talk Live and for Free Keen. I certainly didn't expect a, a free newspaper editorial about it, so thanks to the Sentinel for doing that. I'll post the, the article over at Free Keen here. Uh, freekeen.com very shortly. But that is the the reason why a lot of people have been saying to me, well, why didn't you pay in pennies? Well, besides the practical aspect of the fact that it would be like a thousand plus pounds of pennies uh, for me to move around if I were to be doing something like that, besides that, I can't stamp pennies. You know, there's no added benefit to paying in pennies. Then it's just a pain. I mean, it was a pain enough to deal with having to get $3,000 in ones, and I had to spend some time at the bank in order to go and do that, and it was an extra pain to stamp all of those ones. It would have been enough of a pain to, to haul around pennies, and there would have been no real benefit. Plus, they probably would have turned that away. How many ones would they give you at one time at the bank? Well, I was able to get the ones in one visit, but I, what I should have done is given them notice and then gone to pick them up at a, at a later date. That way, Because I, I felt like I was a burden on them, and I was very apologetic the entire time. They weren't very busy, though, thankfully, at, at that time of day uh, when I went to do it. But it didn't, take, it didn't take very long, and they had that kind of money in stock. They have a lot of ones in stock. Uh, but, I, but if you want to get twos, you have to special order twos. But pretty much anything else, if you want a lot, a lot of them, sometimes they've got it, sometimes they don't. So, just kind of some interesting news here. Let's go to your phone calls about whatever you want. Uh, so, stamping money, effective form of advertising. Might get you a free, free newspaper article. Let's go to Shooter in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Shooter. Hey, guys. Hope hey. you're all doing good today. Uh, let me recap as fast as I can. Okay, six recap. Ago, about six months ago, I got a parking in the red zone ticket. Um, I parked in a completely free spot, and then the next day I woke up, I came out to my car, and they painted a red curb past my car. That's and right. $80. I remember that story. That's the one. That's pretty outrageous. So what happened? So oh, anyway, that, I'm scot-free. I mean, I, I made it out of there. Uh, I went to a hearing uh, a month or two ago, and, um, of course, even after you go to the hearing, they don't tell you if you're guilty or innocent on the spot. You have to wait for mail correspondence to mm -hmm. find out if you're guilty. I just got the letter the other day saying I'm scot-free. Hmm. And um, I wanted to get your guys' uh, advice because, you know, um, I, I want to send them an invoice for my time and <laughs> materials. I mean, does that sound like a fun idea? or If you've or got the time to do that, then it sounds like fun. I don't think you're going to get anything out of it, but never hurts to try. I'm gonna, I don't think I'm going to get anything out of it either, but I'd like to do it just to kind of tally up, you know, 
what the, what personal time and, and the expenses they took for me. And, hey, uh, you know, I'm curious what their correspondence to that would be as well. They'd probably just ignore you. They probably won't say go pound salt in your butt, but that's what they mean. I think it's a right. worthy. I think it's something that's worthy of doing just to just to see what happens, if anything. I wouldn't expect anything to occur, but who knows? Maybe you will get a letter back. Can you guys, or maybe Mark would be good at this? Could you give me a quick like paragraph off the top of your head on what I might write to them? Because you know, I I videotaped. I have labor put into this. Couple DVDs, quite a bit of postage. A ton of correspondence happened. I have parking. I had to pay for to go down there. Plus, I had uh, hours on my witness and gas. So. Can you give me a quick paragraph on what you might write, Mark, or anyone who wants to take the mic? I think I'd use. Uh, um, I, I think I'd, what I'd make sure I had in there was an invoice that looked sort of official looking. Yeah. Um, invoices have lines and boxes and right. stuff. You and, can and, if and you the got date and you know that that kind of thing. Most office programs have a pre-made template. You can just open that up and fill in the stuff. And then you can uh, you know itemize line by line the things that you uh, you know are charging them for. And uh, y- you know when uh, if I were to include a number, uh, obviously you're going to. I would uh, make sure that the number adds up to something more uh, official-looking. And an official-looking number would be, instead of $500, it would be $551.37. What about $499.95? Or something. Uh, no, you're not giving them a deal. No? You're, oh, okay. you're billing them for their time. You know, you're billing for your time and it looks your more exact. It looks like you actually took the time to, to really measure out what kind, <laughs> of, what kind of value they took from you. And of course, put a due date on it as well, because any real invoice should have some kind of yeah. balanced due date, or you could just put upon receipt, but something to tell them when they need to pay you. And uh, you can, uh, you, you know, you within thirty days, and uh, then you can start making collections calls. Yeah, and and you can apply a late fee to it as well, right? Because yeah, if they be don't great. pay within thirty days, there's a they 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 charge twelve percent here on property taxes, so you might as well charge twelve, fifteen percent, something like that. Yeah, I think I that's all put great. in red. Lip. That uh, if not if payments not due in 28 days the fine goes up because you know when they invoice you that's like the first thing you see it's almost as big as the, that your address on the front of the envelope you know mm. that warning so cool well let us know what happens anything else you want to share tonight yeah, remember not um, to sell yourself short because um, you know they're they're not selling themselves short their uh, their their bureaucrats are being paid quite well right I wanted to ask you guys real quick or maybe a caller could call in. Um, has anyone tried to take, uh, for example, for me, it's the city of Los Angeles. Have it, has anyone tried to take their town to small claims court over something very minute like this? And what might their experience have been doing it? Hmm. I have not. What is a small claim? I mean, what's the maximum dollar limitation on that? Isn't it just a few hundred bucks or is it a few thousand? No, in many states it's like 10000 Really? Do you know, Shooter? No, I just know it cost me about 60 bucks just to get the small claim, you know, get them to accept my case. That's all I know so far. So, wait, you already have gone into the small claims court and you're moving ahead with that? No, these are just buddy recommendations. I'm not sure if I want to commit. I'm just thinking about these I fun see. things that I do in my spare time here. I'll just, I, I mean, the only word of caution I would throw out is that if you do actually take the city to small claims court, even if it's on a lark and you're not really serious about getting the money out of them, you can make yourself a target. I'm not saying don't do it. Because For retaliation? Take, yeah, I mean, you might get a lot more parking tickets if, if you sue the city. They might put something in your police file, but... Just so maybe, or maybe L.A. is just too big for that. that 7,500 is the limit for small claims in California. Very good. Good luck, Shooter, and let us know what happens. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live.
This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. They're yours right there on the front page of the website going back an entire year completely free. That's freetalklive.com. Audible.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. Try them out by downloading a free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. It's the only way you're going to get the free one is audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. And they've got all kinds of books over there, all the new releases, or a great deal of new releases and, uh, and classics too. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Back to your phone calls about anything. Bill is in Florida, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Bill. Yes. Hi there, guys. Uh, it's, I was looking at the RidleyReport.com just today, some video about some guy who disputed something with a police officer and was uh, arraigned before a judge on a charge of some misdemeanor. And Yeah, that's uh, local liberty activist Kurt Hoffman uh, was brought into court uh, because he was running through a, ran through a stop sign, I guess, or rolled through a stop sign, didn't come to a complete stop, was pulled over. The police officer demanded license and registration, and Kurt, acting like a free man, decided he didn't want to hand over his papers. So they yes, arrested him. But, uh, yes, and they... they, they booked him or whatever, but they, they charged him $2,500 bail. I guess he'll have to go to jail if he doesn't pay that. But what I'm really calling about well, is... just a point of engaging. clarification, though. It was $2,500 personal recognizance bail, which means that if he doesn't show up for future court dates, he's he's let out, basically, on a personal recognizance, and if he doesn't show, then they'll demand the $2,500 from him. Go ahead. Right. Well, what I wanted to say was he was engaging with the judge too much. In other words, he was allowing the judge have jurisdiction over him. Uh, because once you engage with the judge, they assume that they have jurisdiction over you. What he should have said was, perhaps, are my constitutional rights applicable in this courtroom? And waited for the judge to answer. Um, and then, whatever the judge said, he would say that uh, um, I do not uh, voluntarily consent to the authority of this court. Now, and I have to ask you, Bill, I, I, I appreciate where you're coming from on this. And I have to ask, have you actually tried this yourself? Well... I ha- I haven't no, but okay. Uh, all the judge has to prove anyway. Even if you uh, no, the judge doesn't have to prove anything. I can tell you that I, I tried this particular him. approach, and I didn't use your exact phraseology. I didn't use those exact words. If you don't say I, the incantation correctly, you could end up a bullfrog. I understand. I understand that some would say that it, because well, I didn't use the exact correct words, that therefore it didn't work. But I did use the the general concept of I don't consent to this. I, I did uh, make that attempt to make that statement, and I was arrested two words into it. Uh, so it just doesn't work that way. You could ask that kind of question, and the judge will just simply say, we're here to look at the facts of this case, uh, and you know, do you have any questions in relation to this case? The judge is, has a, is a master of dancing around any, any sorts of questions that, uh, that you ask. And I, I, I like what you're saying, and I wish, it well, was, okay, I wish it would work, but I've never seen any evidence of it actually working. Well, if you remain silent and not say anything, he has to prove that you, you hear him. If you don't, if he can't uh, prove that you hear what he's talking, he can't charge you with anything. So if you remain, okay, so uh, let me take you step by step through what happened here. Uh, 
if you were in that courtroom for an arraignment, well, now Kurt was in handcuffs because he'd been arrested. Let's say you were just called in there for an arraignment. You come into that courtroom. When they call your name, what do you do? Well, you just remain where you are. You don't. Uh, so you don't sit. You don't raise your hand. You don't stand, or you don't stand up, or you don't raise your hand. You just sit there in the audience. Yes. Well, then they're going to say there's a failure to appear uh, issued on on your case, and then they're going to charge you with whatever that is, misdemeanor or felony. I don't know what a failure well, to appear is. What if you couldn't hear them? Well, You'd have to prove that you could. Well, actually, Kurt, um, I was at this uh, particular trial that it's Bill e- in Florida. Uh, excuse me, Bill. Uh, my, my mistake. Uh, Bill, I was at this particular trial where my uh, co-host Ian here, uh, uh, you know, when got I was himself, arrested. Yeah, got himself tossed in jail for contempt. And one of the contempt charges was he kept on telling the judge that he did not understand. The judge would ask him, "Do you understand?" He says, "I do not understand." And they gave him a contempt for saying, "I do not understand." I also got a contempt charge. How many charge. days in jail should he have gone in and? Ins- spent on this theory that they have to that you, that he has to understand well he he was he shouldn't have answered the question because he, he was allowing the, the judge I got a contempt charge for not answering a question uh, also right uh, i mean if 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 you're suggesting that he wouldn't be uh, that he wouldn't get in trouble because he couldn't hear it would also stand to reason that he wouldn't get in trouble because he could not understand correct makes sense to me well, he answered his, he answered the judge. The judge. Uh, but he said he didn't uh, understand. understand. But I also got a contempt charge of 30 days for not answering the judge. You can hear this, I believe, on the 14-minute recording that I made in the secret star chamber that they dragged me into after they took me out of the main courtroom, where the judge asked me if I could afford to pay the $120 fee or the fine rather for the couch being out in the yard, which my tenants left the couch their couch in the yard, and that was the reason why I was there in the first place. He asked me if I could afford to pay it, and I did not answer his question. So by not answering, I got another contempt charge. Are, are you going to well, suggest that it's because I answered some questions but then didn't answer that one question, that you know, I didn't follow the, the formula exactly per, uh, the, the way you're well, suggesting? There's no formula exactly, but uh, the judge probably wasn't honorable. I mean, some <laughs> judges might be more honorable than others. But, I mean, it may not work all the time, but it certainly works sometimes. By what evidence? Have... By what evidence do you have that it works? Well, there was some lady called uh, Dawn Welsh. She was... Uh, uh, her, her case was adjourned um, until August. She was arraigned before this court. If you type in Dawn Welsh. Um, How do you spell uh, the last name? W-E-L-C-H. And okay. Jim Percy. Um, you might find it. But uh, she she went in and she just didn't recognize the court. She said, told the judge, you have no jurisdiction over me. And the judge proceeded to ask her some questions and she just bowed her head and didn't answer any of them. So the case was adjourned um, until August the 6th. But, um, oh, so it's, it's not I over mean, yet? They just delayed the case? Well, he couldn't. He asked, uh, he asked the people, her supporters there, does anybody know here, he said, if, if Miss Welsh can hear me? And nobody responded. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, well, uh, I support people trying different things. I do, because the more stuff we can throw up against the wall, the more likely we will find something that sticks and actually works. I just don't know if, uh, you know, I, I think that any of this stuff is actually going to uh, to play out. I'm looking for Don Welch here and I'm not finding anything uh, immediately. So where did you get this information? Jim Percy, uh, he was advising her, uh, his uh, freedom package. Oh, he sells a freedom package, and what does that cost? Well, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I didn't buy it. Right. Well, I mean, she did, I don't know, but it works for some people. What's this guy's I name? Guess, Jim uh, who? Jim who? Jim Percy? P. 
P-E-R-C-Y. P-E-R-C-Y. Okay. See, what usually happens is there are people that claim to be experts on this sort of thing, and then they'll sell their little package for however many hundreds of dollars, and then then you're out hundreds of dollars, and you've got yourself a contempt of court charge. So you know what I'd like you to do, uh, Bill, is I'd like you to give this – go ahead and put this to uh, to a test yourself. Next time you get a traffic ticket or something like that, bring a camera into the courtroom, bring an audio recorder in, and record the scene – and then put that up on YouTube so you can point everybody to it to show how successful you were. I thank you for the call, and I hope that it works out for somebody. I really hope that there is some sort of uh, incantation that will just get a judge to stop being a judge and just throw the case out. I don't know if it does work that way, though, because I've never seen any real hard evidence of it. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. Oh, and yeah, we are also accepting video validations now. All of the details are at shrine.freetalklive.com. Are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? Are you tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life? If you knew thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? You can. Just join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. So we just had Bill call in uh, from Florida we were talking. He was talking about how over at freekeen.com, or actually he mentioned the Ridley Report because RidleyReport.com did a story on keen liberty activist Kurt uh, Kurt Hoffman, who was arrested over the weekend. Yeah, it was Sunday morning actually. He was arrested on his way to church, and he'd rolled through a stop sign, and he refused to hand over his papers to the armed man in a, uh, a costume that had demanded them from him. And as a result, uh, the man in a costume called another costumed man, and they came and uh, put real-life uh, bracelets on Kurt, took him to jail. The activists, of course, uh, were actually already planning on being at jail for Dave Ridley from the Ridley Report's release from jail. So Kurt ended up going into jail an hour before Dave Ridley was released from jail. We all had a nice barbecue uh, out front of the jail, had about 42 activists out there, and it was a good time that was had by all, except for Kurt uh, and, and Dave. Dave got out, Kurt went in. Then the next morning, we were all out for the Fully Informed Jury Association outreach, which regularly happens, and it has now been going on for a full year here in Keene, New Hampshire. I don't think any other area of the country can claim to be doing Fully Informed Jury outreach every single month of the year, as we have. That's every jury, too. Every single jury, yep. So, uh, f- by the way, learn more about f- uh, FIJA at FIJA.org, F-I-J-A.org. You'll learn about how juries have the right to say not guilty based on their, their view of the law itself, not the case. Likely, um, nobody 
nobody, likely nobody in the country has as large of a Fiji outreach as uh, as Key, New Hampshire does. Well, proportionally, it's a small town with a lot of Fiji activists. Right, but it um, Fiji is the kind of act- activism that anyone can do. So, it, yeah, I, I I would say that there's probably some place in the nation where some guy who goes out with his pamphlets uh, every day, every you know whatever it takes to to reach the jury, and he could have been doing that for years on end. So it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. I actually read the Fiji newsletter. They have a printed newsletter that they send out to their contributors every month. And I th- well, maybe it's quarterly. But anyway, it comes out every so often. And it's a nice newsletter. The editor of it, maybe we'll get her on the show one of these days because she seems like a real firebrand for liberty. Uh, her name is Ilolio Marguerite Jones, I think. And she lives out in Montana or Wyoming, one of those two. And she's a just really principled lady. You can tell because she she does editorials for the the Fiji newsletter that are very uh, focused on how Fiji is a decentralized organization and that it completely supports individual sovereignty. And she's really cool uh, from what I can tell. So I'm going to write something up for Fiji outlining what it is that we do here in Keene and hoping that it encourages other people to do something similar where they live. Because if you've got two activists, you can do a fully informed jury association outreach. If you've got four activists, you can do a kick-butt fully informed jury association. You could association. do it with one. If- you could do it with one, but you're risking uh, police arrest if you're doing it with one. Because uh, they are going to come harass you probably the first time you do it. And if you're not prepared for that, if you don't have a video camera and you don't have people there to back you up, it's much more likely you're going to get it's, pushed around. It's also easier to just get bored doing that kind of activism if you're one person standing on the street corner. It may, I mean, Well, it's not a street corner thing. It's well, a courtroom thing, and it's not boring because when you do it, you're doing it when they're selecting the jurors. So you've got a basically it's a half an hour window where the jurors are supposed to arrive. That's how it works here from 8 a.m. to 8.30. They can come in, and usually we stay another 10 minutes to get the stragglers that are coming late. But it's basically person after person coming up to the front door. You handing, you're handing them flyers. So it's a pretty active form of activism. Yeah, I, I still think it would be more interesting for most people if they had somebody there. It helps. And, and they could talk about what they're doing with each other. And, it makes you look you less know. crazy, too, when there's just uh, when there's more than one of you. Because then, well, two people believe in this, so it's not You're as not nutty. a lone nut. Exactly. You might be a little nutty in, in some people's eyes, but you're not a complete wacko. So I, I plan on writing something for Fiji to kind of outline that, because it is an easily duplicatable form of activism. But I think the fact that nobody else in New Hampshire is doing it besides the keen activists, and we have supposedly, you know, all these activists here. And I know they're doing things. They're busy doing their activism. But I just think it's a little embarrassing that fully informed jury association outreach isn't happening anywhere else besides little keen New Hampshire in the state where there are hundreds of liberty activists. There's no, in my opinion, there's no excuse that fully informed jury association activism isn't happening in bigger marketplaces like Manchester, for instance. But that's aside. Uh, we were talking with Bill in Florida who was pointing out that he believes that Kurt could have uh, done better in court had he just followed the directions of Jim Percy. Uh, and he misspelled Jim's name. It's P-U-R-C-E-Y. And Jim is more than happy to tell you his secrets as long as you pay him $250. I did find out about his freedom package, as he calls it here on his website. Just hand over 250 of your uh, hard-earned dollars, and he'll tell you all about how if you, you know, your name's all in capital letters, and I'm just kind of looking at his description of what this is. It's kind of the usual, uh, what, what do you call these uh, these folks? The Patriots, P-A-Y-T-R-I-O-T, the Patriot Movement, the, the people that are trying to capitalize off of other people's desire to be free, people like Jim Percy, who are basically making their living uh, sending people like Bill or Kurt or whoever 
it is that buys their package into a jail cell when they actually yeah, I mean, try to use their product. To me, it seems like if you if if the, if the person actually cares to claim about liberty, as most of these people will do, if they actually think they have the magic bullet for setting people free from government jurisdiction. Why aren't they spending their own money to get it out there in front of as many people as possible? Why right, is he paying if, to just blanket mail his information out to people? Exactly. And if you've got a tactic that works, well, why, then what if he doesn't have that kind of money? It, you don't have to have money. If you've got something that works, you can put it out there for free, and it'll get popular, and people will send you donations yeah, like it, we do with Free Talk Live, like you do with uh, Free Minds TV. We put our product out because we believe in it. We put our product out there for free. People listen to the show. They decide, yeah, like those Free Talk Live guys. I'll join their AMP program and get a few perks. And that's how we've managed to pull in over $4,000 a it, month. if the program he has actually works... He couldn't actually keep the information secret, you know. If if he wanted to yes. make money off of it, if it actually worked, someone else would just pay for the packet and take the information and give it out for free and, and put it out there. Exactly yeah. right. And there are so many examples of this across the internet. Mr. Percy is not the only purveyor of such uh, such tactics. Right. But a lot of the people that do purvey these tactics tend to be, um, you know, they tend to be older, and mm-hmm. older people tend to not know much about the interwebs and uh, posting things on it and getting the word out on not the internet. Not one of them has successfully posted That's nonsense, these because tactics. there are a lot of older people that are very, very schooled on the internet. Uh, the internet there are is, some. The internet is one of the most popular hobbies now amongst retirees in America. Well, people are, pay, are taking up internet surfing and b- website building as opposed to just sitting around watching C-SPAN or gardening. So internet well, has become very popular with the older segment. Regardless of how popular it is with the older population, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, you just there is no magic bullet to make yourself no. immune from government overreach. It doesn't exist. I mean, you can't spell your name in all capital letters or all lowercase or whatever the the particular formula is that you're being told. It they don't care how you spell nope. your name. No, and they don't. To be quite honest, a lot of times they don't care. I mean, a lot of these people are the same people who focus on common law and the Constitution. A lot of times the courts, they'll pay lip service to the Constitution, maybe, but they don't even really follow that. And if you're going to make common law arguments, forget it, because I know judges will sometimes say this just this isn't a common law case. It doesn't have to be. I mean, that's not the world. Maybe 200 years ago you could have made that argument, but that's not the world we live in today. So, this, you know, just another guy who's out there marketing the same kind of the same old ideas. I'm sure he's got his own spin on them. But I think your point is absolutely right, Nick, that if anybody who's marketing these things had something that worked, the information would get out there, would spread like wildfire, and we'd all be free. Or they'd sell it cheaper. Maybe yeah. $25 instead of 250 would well, be more appropriate. One of the reasons why I had Robert Menard on from thinkfree.ca in the past is because he is the, the one guy that I've ever found that actually does release all of his ideas out there to the to uh, free to the masses whether they work or not I I don't know I mean he admits I, yeah. that he's gone to jail a few times I don't uh, I don't have problems with people selling their information if that's what they want to do I just don't necessarily believe it More on the way this is Free Talk Live you can bring up anything This is Free Talk Live, your show. If you take control of the airwaves, you can dial in and do that at 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. All right, so uh, you can bring up anything. We're talking about, just uh, briefly here, the purveyors of the secrets 
the purveyors of the secrets to defeating the court system. Uh, most of them, they don't actually have anything that they can point to as far as concrete evidence that their ideas will work, but yet they insist that uh, they deserve to have you pay them hundreds of dollars so they can reveal their secrets to you. Then later on, you can try them uh, in court and lose and go uh, to a prison cell. That seems to be the way things tend to work. Uh, most of them don't want to give out any of their information up front. And as you were saying, Nick, if they've got really valuable information that could help set people free, if that's what they want to do is help set people free as opposed to just make a bank load, uh, then they should put that information out there so it can be proven, it can be put to the test over and over again, and people can find out, yeah, this guy is right. This stuff works. Let's get this out there and help help him get really wealthy uh, because he's proven himself at, uh, at this point. And I think that there are two people out there that, and, and I've, I was very interested in this stuff uh, just at, uh, what maybe a year ago. Yes, uh, because you, because you believed we, very thoroughly that you could go into court and uh, yeah. you know rattle off some incantation to you know kind of like use it as a bureaucrat repellent. Because I to thought that ward off the people with guns. Right, um, I that, thought uh, that their system was still to some extent. I thought that their system was still accessible to some extent. And when you start digging into all of these theories and ideas, these legal ideas that these people proffer. It sounds like it's legitimate. You know, it sounds like, oh, the United States is a corporation. You can look it up on Dun and Bradstreet. It actually has all the, you know, the proof. There's a lot to kind of back up some of the legal-ish statements that they that they make that makes it seem like, well, maybe some of these well, approaches will work. I, I think the problem is that a lot of these people are trying to search for, like, an explanation for why the court has power, and it's really because... They claim that they do. It's and not they have men with guns who will back them up. Right. But, they, I mean, they really, the courts and the general public, they, they don't care about whether the United States is a corporation no, they or don't. not. They just accept this is the system that we have. And the judges and the bailiffs and the police, they're not thinking about any of these technicalities. Really. They don't care about their own care. court rules. No, they, they don't, don't I mean, care. They don't even know what their own court rules are. The, the court's uh, clerk who is essentially the top guy in the in the court the court clerk admits on the he'll admit on the phone to you that he doesn't know what all the rules are he's got to go and check them out cuz he how could he know what they all are it's his damn job but he still doesn't even know what they are and even if they knew what the rules were they still wouldn't follow them because they've got the men with the guns who are going to back them up so right. all Some of, of these programs might work individually with individual judges and individual courts Maybe. i'm not going to say that they i'm not going to call uh, you know the people with these theories Liars, I don't believe necessarily that they are. However, I also have seen with my own eyes you stand up and say, I don't consent to this court's jurisdiction or something um, to that level. And, man, the, he said before you said, I don't con the the handcuffs, he, he had already ordered the handcuffs put on you. Yeah, I had gotten away with saying more during the arraignment. I was able to actually speak a sentence or two at, at that right. point before at you threatened point, to have me arrested. What you have is a political argument. It should be held in the political arena. This, arena. this is a court of law, and uh, you know we're going to be worried about uh, legal issues One here. One more word out of you, and you'll be arrested. Right. Things like that. And he then had two words no came out. No interest in uh, whether or not you consented to the process, right. any of your questions about the Constitution, well, you really don't common law. I mean, and regardless of the jury, I mean, there's really never been a claim made, I don't think, that people... If you've been um, accused of a crime, that you've consented to that jurisdiction. I don't think that's ever been the case in the United States or really anywhere in human existence. I understand that some people are trying to say, well, hey, the system's not voluntary by asking that question. 
But the system's never been voluntary, and I don't even think that they really claim to be. I mean, no. it, when well, they, they do, say, sort of. They, so, they the, don't say that the law is optional, though. No, but in the New Hampshire really Constitution, do. it does say all government of right is by consent of the governed, which, of course, could be read to – could be interpreted to mean that, well, if consent isn't required, then it's just a government of wrong, which is what we have. Um, but all that, all of that aside, it's just – there's just not a lot of evidence that it does work, and the, and I think the best guys out there that I, that have the best ideas that I've seen so far are Mark Stevens from Adventures in Legal Land because he actually does put his ideas out there up front for for people to uh, to to get to grab onto. And uh, ThinkFree.ca uh, is a ca- Canadian website. Robert Menard has two hour long videos that he puts on the internet for people to see and, and watch. And at the very least, the uh, the ideas that those gentlemen present, whether or not they'll end up working in the legal system, I don't expect oh. them to. But uh, but the ideas they present are very freeing ideas, and they're very uh, really radical things that I think a lot of people need to hear. Yeah, I mean, I think there are certain things you can do questioning, uh, you know, what type of court you're in and what ty- what jurisdiction you're in. You can question the court about those things, at least in the U.S. And the, I, it sounds like there are is a little bit of leeway. I mean, well, you Mark can, has uh, had some success with that particular approach, and I have no reason to disbelieve when, Mark. When you're allowed to, you, I mean, you have a right to know the nature and the cause of the charges against you. So that means that the type of jurisdiction, wh- you know, whether it's merit, you know, maritime or common law or statutory, and then the cause would be the the jurisdiction. So is it the state of New Hampshire, the city of Keene? But that's really about it. When I, mean, I had I, gone I, I don't in, it goes much further. When I had gone in and I got arrested, I had kind of cobbled together all of the stuff that I'd read and just kind of picked a few things to do. And I'd had Mark Stevens, one of his scripts that he had with all the questions, and I'd wanted to get to those questions, but I wasn't I wasn't respectful enough toward the judge to even get to that point. So because I didn't play along even a little bit, because you have I, to play along. Right. I mean, you have to you have to give deference to the judge if you want to try to get him to explain things to you. Right, and that's uh, a point I never. Got got to because i immediately just started out with the whole i don't consent thing and he had had it at that point and threw me in a jail cell so i'm not to, i'm not saying that nothing could work uh i believe mark stevens when he says that he's had success and he's told the stories uh and eventually we'll we'll have people trying these things we'll have more people trying some of these uh techniques maybe there is something that will have more success more often than other things will and if so we'll certainly talk about it here on free talk live but you know don't call in this show and say well you should do this and you should do this if you've never done it yourself that's that's what I want to hear from somebody is if somebody actually has personal experience and has had success and documented it because some people have called and claimed to have had success but no one ever publishes a transcript of the court documents nobody ever comes in with a video recording device or an audio recording device to document any of their claimed successes so there's right. very and little that's the evidence way you're going to duplicate if if these things are true and I want them to be true yeah. um, if these things are true the way that you're going to duplicate that success through uh, you know hundreds maybe even thousands of people doing it again and again and again and that would be how we would get freedom using these methods would be thousands of people using these methods to the point that the courts were just uh, you know that they were shut down and they had to operate under well, a common law fashion well um, and if a certain number of judges do make rulings based on these theories they do set precedent and precedent will over time become Law. So if you, but if you, you have, have to know the, about the precedent and be able to reference the right. case. Right. But yeah. it, what, I mean, if you can build a number of cases using these tactics, you can set precedents and you can cite them, then you might be able to affect some kind of change in the legal system. But I really don't think you're going to be able to turn the, the justice system on its head 
by by making some of the arguments that yeah. are out there, like whether you ca- write your name in all capital letters. I don't think it has nonsense. Any, yeah. any be- some of it's just gobbledygook. It doesn't even make logical sense why it would matter. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. We go to your calls. Doug is in Kansas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Doug. Doug, Kansas, going once. Doug in Kansas, going twice. Hello. Hey, there Doug, is. you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, uh, about your friend that went to jail on the traffic infraction. Yes, sir. Uh, you might want to go to the U.S. Code, Title 18, Chapter 1, or Part 1, Chapter 2, Section 31, and it has a description for a motor vehicle. And a motor vehicle is used for commercial purposes, intended for profit. Now, one of the ways you could do that in court, deal with something like that in court, from what I understand, is the government has to prove its case beyond a reasonable doubt. So if they're claiming you were in a motor vehicle, then you could ask them to prove that, right? And then they'd have to prove it based on that definition? Well, if you, if you look in, at that definition, uh, the sixth item, it describes a motor vehicle and the keywords and and used for commercial purposes. And then you go down to Section 10 and look at the definition used for commercial purposes, and it says intended for profit. Where your buddy got hung up is he probably had tags on it, and he had it registered and titled, and uh, he has had a driver's license and all those things. So have you been driving around with uh, a car with no tags on it? Well, yeah. How's that working out for you? Well, it has to be uh, 26,000 pounds or more. Uh, it has to be designed for uh, passengers uh, 16 or more. What or does? 26,000 pounds for a car? Definition for a commercial motor vehicle. Oh, okay. okay. I want to bring okay. it back here. We'll, we'll talk about this in a moment. Uh, it's it's. I don't know where to go. We'll, we'll see what he has to say. 800-259-9231. It sounds like another magic incantation, but they do require... There was somebody who said there that when they claim it's a public way, you can ask them to prove that it's a public way, and it really throws a wrench into their, uh, into their workings. So there's a lot of uh, stuff to look at here. Hour 3 coming up. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features on the site, they are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. As we continue here, launching into the third hour of the program, we'll continue a phone call that uh, has held on very patiently. His name is Doug in Kansas. Uh, We've been talking about a lot of the 
theories, the legal theories out there that in many cases are proffered by people who are looking to charge money to get you access to their theory that they claim will allow you to magically defeat the evil government people in their own courtroom. And usually what ends up happening is a lot of people will buy into this stuff and they'll and maybe buy the packages and they'll go out around and touting them as though they are actually successful, even though they themselves have never tried to put them to use. And those people who claim they have actually put them to use and have success with them never end up proving it in any way, shape or form. They never uh, either they didn't record it or they don't know how to have, use the Internet or there's uh, they don't have a website or they don't understand YouTube or they don't have the audio and they don't have video. Or there's the other excuse of, well, they agreed to settle with me and they gave me a big old cash payment. and I'm not allowed to talk about it. So that's the other one that uh, that we've heard. So n- never has anybody actually presented any real evidence of having success with any of these tactics uh, in the courtroom. But Doug is on the line in Kansas, and he is saying that uh, that we're we're talking about a court case that happened here recently, just uh, yesterday, where Kurt Hoffman, one of the activists in the Keene area, is being arraigned because of a failure to obey a police officer. He refused to hand over his papers after being pulled over for rolling through a stop sign in the middle of nowhere. And so he was in court, and what you're saying is, Doug, that he should use, should have used the definition of motor vehicle, which you say is a commercial vehicle used for the purposes of making a profit over uh, so many tons or something like that. Go ahead with your thoughts. Well, no, I'm saying that, uh, well, those definitions in Title 18 are correct, right. It has to be uh, um, uh, used for commercial purposes and intended for a profit. So if he goes down and takes his car and titles it and tags it and has a driver's license, he's giving them consent to service. That's the key word. And uh, that's where he messed up, if you ask me. Well, now, Doug, I'm a little confused here because the argument you're making is that you don't have to get a driver's license because the U.S. Code only defines a, a vehicle as um, a specific kind of of motor vehicle used for profit or driven for profit, and it has to be over a certain tonnage or something like that. But can't the state set their own guidelines? Uh, irrespective, that's, if, that, if you go to the state definitions, go to the state statutes, you look up the uh, definition for commercial mo- commercial motor vehicle, and it'll be twenty six thousands or more. Well, why would that have to be a commercial motor vehicle? Is the because question. that's the only ones that need to be. Re- be registered Why? and tagged and titled, and uh, you have to have a driver's but, license but, for. That's what, the whole point. But what's the reason that only commercial vehicles have to be tagged if the state government says that all vehicles have to be tagged? No, uh, no. Well, what, why? I'm just asking the question. Where, where are you getting? Because you don't have to tag a car if it's used for says personal who? use. But it's says, non-commercial. Now, you'd think uh, that the state representatives, um, you know, on the state level or even uh, the national level, and I've met quite a few of these people, and I've even seen some driver's licenses that they have, you'd think that they would know this information. That well, they're volunteering for it. Including the police officers um, that enforce this law. I mean, there's a lot of people to keep this little conspiracy under, the, under, the, under wraps, don't you think? Well, if people are silly enough to go in and register something they don't have to, they'll take your money, sure. Well, now, won't they take your car? I mean, are you saying you actually drive around with a car with no tags on it sure. and no driver's license? It doesn't license? hurt to get, get rid of your Social Security card, too. You oh, I've, I've gotten rid that. of my Social Security card. I've, I've certainly done that. Uh, but but h- well, how many times have you had cars stolen from you, sir? 
I've never had a car stolen. Okay, so now you're making some extraordinary claims. So you're saying that you have been driving around without uh, any tags on your how many car. Years? How, yeah, how long has this been going on? Well, for about a year now. About a year. Okay, and how mm-hmm. often do you drive? Well, here, here's here's taxation. You can go to Article 15 of Kansas Code. It talks about taxation and registering. Uh, Register uh, for a gross vehicle weight uh, more than 12,000 pounds. That's it. How, let's talk so about the practical under- aspects of this. You can cite the laws all you want. As we found out, it doesn't matter what the laws say. The government will do well, what it wants well, to do. Well, I think some people have had success with this. Didn't Michael Badnarik actually try something like this in Texas, and he's had fairly good success? I don't know. That's Texas. all I've ever heard are rumors about uh, people I having think success. he's made the claim that he has, but that's based on the, the Texas state statutes that he's U.S. versus Bradley. 1947. I don't want to talk about laws. I want to. I, I don't care what the laws say because I know they don't care what the laws say. Now, what I want to know from you is your personal experience. You're how, in the wrong, how you're often, in the wrong Doug? How All you have o- to do is say you're there on special appearance and don't say another word, and that's it. They have no jurisdiction. Have you been called in, and have you done that? I have been in court, and I said that, and uh, I haven't heard a word from them. So what did they and tell there's you? There's all kinds you- of... Okay, let's go back to the beginning here, though. You said you've done this for a year. You said you've been driving around with no government tags on your car. Do you have your own tags on, or is it just tag-free? There's just nothing there in that spot. Okay, so you've been driving around like that. You say you've been doing it for a year. How often are you on the road? Is it just a -a once-a-week thing to the grocery store, or are you on the road fairly often? Um, Not all that much. No, I don't. Don't okay, so, so then you're barely traveling at all, uh, so the odds that you'll be caught are very slim. Have you ever been pulled over for this? Yes. And what happened then? I said I'm non-commercial. It's a non-commercial vehicle, and that's it. And what did the cop do? He said, thanks, have a good day. He didn't write you a ticket? Nope. It's an amazing claim. It, I would love to see the video of it, but I you don't have that, do you? I want to hear one of these cops. I mean, there's so many cops that listen to this show. You'd think that every one of them yeah. knows this. Officer Liberty was on the line earlier, but he hung up, so maybe he'll call. I, I mean, it, you, he's he's in uh, cop school right now. Surely yeah. they're teaching them about this uh, this big the, the fact that the, the driver's license and license plates are voluntary. So you're saying all you had to say to the cop was that I'm non-commercial, and then he walked away. That's it. Okay. You I don't know where to the driver's this. license, then you're in trouble. Thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing so, from oh, wait, you. Can, no, can, can, you have a, can you have a plate on the car? Well, I don't have anything on. No, but uh, here, I guess I, I, I have I a phrase that, incor- in, in, um, phrase that incorrectly. If I were to have a plate on my car and get pulled over and I don't produce a driver's license, as you say, and I say... You mean a state plate or a custom plate? Any plate. Okay. A, 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 you know, a state plate. If I have a state plate on my car and I don't produce a driver's license, I say, I'm non-commercial. The, the no, police no, no, officer no, no, will turn no. around and walk away? Okay, 8-403, consent to personal service for process, acceptance of title registration certificate shall constitute the consent by the person. You volunteer for everything. Uh, The Constitution says uh, involuntary servitude, but it doesn't say anything about voluntary. I see all that, and all of that makes sense, and that's why these, uh, that's why a lot of these theories have such draw for somebody like me, where that all, you know, that's all sensible, like, yeah, okay, yeah, you consented into this by going and getting the driver's license, you put your name on the dotted line, you put the tags on the car, you completely co- uh, consented to their program. It's the extraordinary claims, though, that require extraordinary proof, and I, you know, I believe, I have no reason to disbelieve what you're saying, besides the fact that I've never seen any real evidence beyond people just calling this show, and 
and making claims. So well, maybe what we'll see eventually here, and I know there are people that, uh, that are here in the Keene area that are into this. Uh, I know Kurt is to some extent uh, into the, these kind of ideas, and, and the guy that was with him, Yadra, is also into this uh, kind of you are consenting and uh, the law and this and that. And so I think that we're going to see people trying this stuff. The next time somebody gets pulled over, maybe they will actually try to say to the cop, uh, well, I'm non-commercial, and hope that the cop goes away. But I don't believe that's going to happen. I think they're going to get taken out of that car. That car is going to get confiscated, and they're going to be taken down uh, to jail. But I hope you're right, Doug. I really do. I hope that you're right and that those are the magic words that will save people from uh, from getting uh, getting pulled over, but as you said, you can only use those words if you drive around with no tag on on your car. And, and it's no not license. registered or titled, and you don't have a driver's license, but you can't have insurance. It can't be titled. No, it'd be property of the state then. Very good. Okay. Thank you, Doug, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I've got a car that's kind of a junker car, and one of these days we're going to have. It's a, got a title. Yeah, but how are they going to know it has a title if it doesn't have a tag on it? I, I, I'm sure they'd they, have to pull the VIN number from it. They right? have to pull the VIN number. Can, do, can they look up a VIN number? Uh, is that, I don't know. I don't the think they to that. normally look up VIN numbers when they're out and about checking. You have to build your cars. own car to be able to do what this guy's talking about. Well, I think that it'd be interesting to have people continue these experiments and see if anybody can actually prove some of these claims. There's never been proof. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and it's in here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Com, and the features include the updates. You get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. We had D- Doug on the line with us in Kansas making some pretty extraordinary claims. Uh, and as I say, extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof. And when you're just a caller to a talk show claiming that you've been driving around in your car with no tags on it, with no license, and that you were able to get out of being pulled over by simply saying to the cop, well, I'm not commercial, and that the cop just walked away, that's something that requires extraordinary proof. Now, up here in New Hampshire, we've got activists that are armed with video cameras. We've got activists with Blackberries and iPhones on them at all times that if a cop... Uh, an encounter happens, the video cameras come out. And in fact, Kurt Hoffman, who was arrested on Sunday morning going to church as he rolled through a stop sign in the middle of nowhere, arrested for not handing over his papers to the uh, the cop that pulled him over for that, he was uh, in the car with Yadra, who had his his iPhone with him, and immediately began recording the scene. So that video is going to be out, and it's going to be available. Here in New Hampshire, with all of our activists that we have that have come here as part of the Free State Project, more and more people have these camera phones. More and more people have video cameras or audio recording devices. So it's more likely that we're going to start seeing more evidence of what exactly happens when certain techniques are utilized. And so I, I hope that we start to see more of this. I hope people do experiment because I think that, you know, I don't believe that any of it's going to work, but I'd like to be proven wrong. Well, I mean, just, just least, based on what I've seen, none of this stuff works. At least you would have evidence to point to to debunk it definitively, because that's yes. the other thing that's lacking as well. The people making these claims don't have proof that it works. 
nobody's posted a video that I'm aware of showing them attempting these tactics and having them fail. And failing, right. So all of that is valuable. All of that information will be valuable once once we actually have it. I wouldn't expect to find that most of these tactics work. And I, fully I don't expect. believe for a minute that uh, this argument about non, you know, I'm driving a non-commercial vehicle. That claim's been around for a long time. And if there was any truth to it, you know, if the government actually believed that that was its own law, then I imagine you wouldn't see very many people registering their motor vehicles. That I don't agree with, uh, because I think that if there was truth to that, you'd have to get to the point where you can prove that there's truth to it. And to get to that point, take some real uh, risk, because... Well, your vehicle's going to get stolen, most likely, and you're going to maybe, maybe end up yeah, in a jail cell. Your vehicle's not going to get stolen for driving well, uninspected or unregistered. If, you, if you're, co- if if you you're not have... a non-cooperative, you're looking at a, a fine for non But wait, if you don't have a license and you're, that car's not registered and you're on the road I've with been, it, I've they're going to take that thing. I've been bagged for driving without a valid license. It's like a $50 fine. Same for registration, same for inspection. So you're telling me that if I start driving around in my beater car I know they'll with no tags, it. with no, they'll, they'll take so they it. will steal my car from me. They'll impound it until you pay a fee to get it out of the impound. Okay, yeah. so they're going to steal my car from me. And you're going to have to pay a fine if you lose a right. court case, but it's not like they're going to just out and out seize your vehicle forever and anon. Well, Kurt was arrested for not handing over his papers, so he went to jail. Luckily, Yadra was there to drive the car away, so they didn't impound the car in this particular instance. But if I took took the government tags off of this car and scrubbed the VIN numbers off of the car, something like that, so there was no way for them to actually identify, that sounds like a crime too. identify the car. That would probably be a crime. They might take the vehicle for that one. Well, whatever. Let's say I leave the VIN numbers on and take the tags off, send them back into the state, put my own private tags on the car and start driving around with it, and, uh, and I try this out. They're going to steal my car from me. And I fully expect that to happen. I would love for what Doug t- is saying here to be true, and that for I get that for I can just uh, utter some words and have them just turn around and walk away and leave me alone. I'd love for all of the, and we've heard different stories over the years of people in their supposed disobedience and non-cooperation in uh, d- traveling freedom I- issues, but there's never really been any any hard evidence. But I would expect to have my car and my uh, and my freedom stolen from me if I were to go that route. Yeah, I think that would be the smart thing to do. And what gets me about this is a lot of times, like if you make the argument that, well, the states have different laws on these issues, they say, well, all the state statutes say that as if they have looked through all yeah, it's nonsense. 50 states, the complete text of their motor vehicle laws, Who could which do is that? it's just impossible. Even so the right bureaucrats there, don't know. Right there, I know they're lying or at least overstating what they know. Yeah, they're very, very confident about uh, about their belief system, and they have no way of backing it up. So not only would I expect to have my car stolen and my freedom stolen from me, what I'm pointing out is that this is one of the reasons why this isn't experimented with very often, because most people can't afford to lose it. A- you know, a car, even if it's a beater, well, if, they can't really afford to lose their car. And the other speculation is is that the judges, the uh, the legislators, the cops, all these people know this stuff. Why aren't they telling their moms and girlfriends and kids and people that, you know, wouldn't necessarily have to pay all of the money for car registration? Yeah. Um, in Florida, it wasn't much to register well, a car and put a plate on a car. But up here in New Hampshire, if you've got a new car, it can cost Thousands. You could you could argue that uh, I mean I'll just argue that play the devil's advocate here. Since you asked the question, you could argue that well they don't have an interest in doing that because they work for the state and you know they don't want to spread the word about what the the truth really is, supposedly. Right. That's your answer. I to, don't understand to the if that's if it, if it. I mean even if the claims here are true, I don't really understand how there's any limitation on them just passing a law that makes it mandatory. It. 
I mean, the, the claim is just, oh, well, if you're not commercial, you don't have to register your car. And as I asked the question to Doug, why is that? Because I have, you know, I'm not a legal expert by any means, but I don't think in legal, not that I agree with it, but I don't think that in legal or constitutional terms, there's anything that keeps them, uh, say, a, a given state from saying everybody has to register their car. For non-commercial purposes. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, why wouldn't they just pass it? Is it that hard for them to pass that law? Because 99 plus percent of us are already operating under the assumption that that law exists. So I don't think it would be hard for them to pass that. I think it'd be interesting to have a group of activists who can afford to lose a car go out and do right-to-travel protests in various different flavors. I think that would be intriguing and make some very interesting video footage. But I expect that every single one of them would lose their cars in, yeah. that, in that process. I think you can uh, make a, as good of a point on right-to-travel by, riding a, uh, by uh, riding a horse down the street. 1-800-259-9231. Let's go to your calls and talk to Mark in California. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, I wanted to share something that happened with me. Uh, who's the host there that says that uh, the law doesn't work anymore, even though you might be right? I, I think we would all agree with the fact that the law is not really paid attention to by the bureaucrats. Well, there are many judges who will ignore Yeah, I mean, sometimes you will be able to make a legal argument or a constitutional argument, and it'll work, but other times the judges will ignore the law. Well, mine wasn't a constitutional. Mine was a vehicle code statute here in California, and that statute specifically tells a person what must be on their car when they renew their registration. Okay. One thing that the section known as 4606 indicates is that you are lawfully on the highway until your permanent registration comes in the mail. But certain things can happen during that interim, like a smog check, for example. And this is where the problem happened with me because I couldn't get the car to pass smog. It doesn't say that in the vehicle code. It just simply says that if you pay your renewal fee, you can be on the road until the permanent registration comes. It doesn't say anything about a smog. And what made it even worse for me is it doesn't say anything about a paper square with a number in it that the DMV issues. So my car was taken because they didn't, I didn't have a paper square in there, but the Section 4606 doesn't say that. And no so, attorneys would even consider helping me. So you're saying they just did what they wanted to regardless of what the law said? I researched the law, and even in the attorney that I have called said I'm right, but they don't want to help me. Amazing. Thank you for the call. More on the way. You bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, and they include live streams. We've got a broadband version, a dial-up version, even a webcam of the show. And they're all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That is listen.freetalklive.com. I want you to go to our friends over at thinktwicenews.com. Guns, protests, smoking bans, biker rallies, comic conventions, pork fest, homeschooling, mortgages, and pirates. And, of course, they have the puppet from outer space at thinktwicenews.com. It's a brand new-ish within the last few months, uh, news program that is available, and it's uh, hosted at YouTube. So when you go to thinktwicenews.com, you'll find a subscribe button. 
click that subscribe button and get on uh, to Think Twice News because they do a great job over there. And it's uh, it's our buddy uh, John Shaw, the moderator from the, the Free Talk Live BBS, and Jason Osborne, the principal behind SACL CAI, teaming up with a handful of other folks to put out a, a really great news package, thinktwicenews.com. Also available in HD, which is nice. Very nice. Have you seen the HD versions yet, Mark? I no, um, you know my uh, interwebs is a little slow at home. Oh, that's right. So I the cell phone internet stuff. Yeah, but so. it's nice if you got the broadband connection. Otherwise, it's uh, it's pretty good stuff anyway. Thinktwicenews.com. Click the subscribe button. All right, let's continue taking your calls about whatever you want. We'll go to Jeff in Idaho. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeff. Jeff. Uh, hi guys. Hey, you're hi on guys. The air. Go ahead. Yeah, this is the response to help you for Doug's question. If you go to YouTube and look up a uh, Title IV flag, it basically has uh, videos of people being accosted. And if you want to get the real background, the, the real simple way to find out is if you go and look up, uh, on, if you Google the Red Amendment written by L.B. Bork, it explains how the 14th Amendment created a feedback loop that destroyed each of the constitutional republics and put in a legislative democracy that is still existing right now under martial law. I can so what with happens that. is. I don't, know about martial, law, I don't know about martial law, but it's certainly um, well, the 14th Amendment changed everything as far as governance in the United States. Yeah. Well, the reason why executive orders are legal currently is because uh, under the War Powers Act, you know, if you're still under martial law, uh, that's what's going on. But the, the issue comes down to that if you're a state national, you're covered by common law and the organic constitution. If you're a 14th Amendment United States citizen, you're given privileges. I've heard That's this before. How, how does one become a state citizen without becoming a, you know, a federal U.S. citizen? Well, what happens is uh, the, the trap works exactly like Doug was trying to explain, is if you sign up for a driver's license, if you get a birth certificate, if you get a uh, Social Security number, uh, essentially you're uh, – this is what Michael J. Bider tries to explain. He works in a realm where uh, – he, st- he fights these guys on their territory, where uh, L.B. Bork in uh, the Red Amendment just explains, well, you can just leave their system. You know, it's not as convenient as most people think, but if you just read the Red Amendment... When, when you say, wait, 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 I bet you it's not convenient when at you, all. When you say it's no, not convenient, wait a minute, when you say it's not convenient, by that you mean you'll have your car stolen from you and you'll be locked in a jail cell from time to time, right? No, 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 because uh, the whole thing, the whole thing, the way it works is, the uh, the Constitution is still operational for state nationals because the you know when you know the, the when Constitution the Republic... was it, the Constitution is a document that outlines how the government is supposed to behave, right. not it's, anybody it's else. It's supposed to yeah, limit but the government. It, how it, it how it's the 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 people created the state constitutions, then the state constitutions created the federal uh, constitution, and the the Bill of Rights you know is essentially what the rights for the states are versus protecting from the federal government. But so. Uh, so the issue so the comes states, down to the states themselves have the right to a religion. They have the right to press. <laughs> they have the right to well, no, peaceably no, no, assemble. No, 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 no. Where would the no, states no. assemble exactly? No, no, it, no. It's not nothing like that. It basically comes down to is that the citizens have all the rights, and they've basically given uh, uh, their sovereignty over for a limited amount of things that basically they didn't want to do themselves, like hire uh, you know people to take care of roads and all these other things. So the the situation you get into is that. Um, you know, the United States citizen is essentially when when the thirteen uh, colonies were formed, they were na- they were international, uh, they were nations under themselves. And under international law, if you look up the word Congress in the original Black Law Dictionary, Congress means uh, a group of foreign emissaries getting together to make laws. 
So okay. where, where are you going with all this? If you're jumping around a little bit, what's, what's the point? Well, uh, if you look up Title IV flag, you wanted, to, you wanted to see some video of someone that basically was stopping a cop, yeah. and bugging them, and they say, hey, I'm a state national, and stop bugging me. If title you go to, floor, a Title IV flag is not flag, coming up yeah. with anything. I did get oh, okay. I did, it did auto-fill it in for me, but I'm not seeing anything here that looks like... Yeah, I see Black Flag, about. the uh, the old uh, punk band. It says, uh, uh, I cops meet uh, Sovereign Cop Watch. But if you go to uh, sovereign-citizenship.net, you can find this stuff about, like, the Title IV flag, you know, the civil flag versus the military flag. Yeah, that's all and a bunch of bunk from what I've seen. Now, how has this affected your life? What well, have you done? I'm wor- well, I'm working on trying to get my state... Uh, uh, State and uh, nation, uh, national citizenship back. Okay, how's that work? Well, uh, I mean, you have to expatriate out of your domicile, which is the uh, District of Columbia. That's why people can uh, people have all these laws against them that are made because they're domiciled in the District of Columbia. All 300 million people in North America. I've never gotten a letter so, there. What's that? <laughs> I've never gotten a letter you, at my domicile in you're, Washington You're not DC. because you're going to move residency. And, and as a as United States citizen, you gain residency by moving around. But you're physically domiciled in that. So that's where you would get legal jurisdiction. How could I be physically domiciled there if no, I'm no, no, actually no. physically in New Hampshire? You're not physically domiciled. You're legally domiciled because of your birth certificate. Okay. But my birth certificate's a state instrument, isn't it? I can understand the uh, social security No, because number. it's registered with the Department of Commerce. Now, isn't it, a, con- a contract has to be a meeting of minds, Correct. There has to be a meeting of minds to make a contract legal. Well, that's their law anyway. Uh, well, I never gave yeah, them. I, I I am not of the understanding right. that you're talking about fraud. here. It's all operative fraud. So how do you go ahead? How are you going about this whole process of being a state national or whatever you call it? If I want to know what the process is, go ahead. You oh, said you're involved well, in. it's uh, well, I'm just going through the the ropes on how to get it figured out. But, uh, so you haven't even figured it out yet. You're well, still researching. Well, well, no, this no, no, is, no, one, no. Of, this I, is the, no. one of the problems with this particular movement is that we only ever hear from amateurs. And the reason that we, I suspect that we only hear from amateurs is because the pros have figured out, holy crap, I go to jail every time I d- try this dumb crap. Well, uh, well, the, the, only, the only success that I think I've seen is that uh, a person that wrote a constitutional habeas corpus on this issue... Uh, for 150 people, basically, uh, was uh, collected by federal marshals on uh, a two-year-old court case. So it, it, hit cro- it hit close to home on on that's how you do it. But it takes about six or seven... You have so to somebody to went to jail, is that what you're saying, for, for doing this? No, for, doing, for submitting something to the Supreme Court, but uh, not on this case. They, they got him on something else. But, uh, okay. So you have so basically you've never done any of this. You're trying it now for the first time. You've yet to even figure out how to go about doing this. You're still actually researching the process of. And you said it's becoming a state national. Is that the term that you used? Yeah. There's a guy that showed up at the Keen Freedom Fest uh, that was talking about the Red Amendment. He had the, I think it was a book that uh, that he was he was selling. He seemed like a nice guy. He seemed to really believe what uh, what he was talking about. I think he probably believes it as as much as you do. So how about you do this? Let us know how it goes for you once you get it all figured out and how uh, the process was and uh, how you're doing with driving around with no uh, license and whatever else this frees you And don't you forget to... to sue the United States government for this fraud that they're perpetrating on their citizens because yeah, then we'll get, be able to get rid of it. 
you have two years as a class action suit to do something like that. So if you guys can figure it out, hey, more power to you. I got no. I'm not going to figure any of this out because I've got. I've I've spent enough time looking into all this sovereign citizen stuff. I'm convinced that the government <laughs> is a group of armed people who are willing to use violence to get what they want. They don't care what they what somebody wrote down on a piece of paper in the past. No. They'll change that if they want to. Sure. That this whole uh, the, the whole that they violated their constitution again and again and again, and that there's nothing to hold them to it because the constitution has no penalties for people that break it, and that it's wishful thinking. That they that they're going to stick by. It. That's gonna, what I think. Yeah, absolutely. That they're going to pay attention to their own rules. Thank I you for the call. I sympathize. And we've seen it over and over again, where we've got video evidence of these government people not even acknowledging that their own rules exist. Look at freekeen.com. Sam just posted his brand new video. You can also go to obscuretruth.com and you'll see more evidence of it. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so take them. They're yours. Uh, everything from archives to the Shrine of Female Listeners, the Free Talk Live website is all free for you at freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live on a voluntary basis, you may do so by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We'll take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more internet listeners on board. I just got a verbal agreement from a station today for weekdays, which is great. So I think we're going to actually have a couple new weekday affiliates coming soon. That's very big. Uh, yeah, that's big news for us. Uh, so And it's made possible by listeners like you who are getting behind the show and helping AMP Free Talk Live at amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. We go to John in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. Oh, hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, uh, last week uh, you guys actually read a blog post that I had wrote over at uh, Post Right for the American Conservative on secession. I actually wasn't aware of this until a friend of mine uh, sent me a message on Facebook telling me that it was up there, but uh, I listened to it last night, and I just wanted to clarify a few things, if I may. Certainly, sure. you may. All right, well, uh, the main thing is uh, that, you know, you guys kind of thought, uh, I guess, just assumed that I'm a, I'm a conservative, but no, I'm, I'm a libertarian. Uh, I just happen to be writing uh, for Post-Right, uh, which is sort of a look at, uh, you know, the if the left-right spectrum is even worthwhile. Uh, so my, my take on it may have been directed to conservatives, but it is not a conservative take. Gotcha. Well, I guess I did start out as a conservative many years ago. Same as here. many did. Say that again? As, Same here. As many did, sir. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, well, that's pretty much all I have to, to say, just to clarify on that. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, so what do you think the first state to secede will be? Well, you know, that's a that's a tough question. I would say that New Hampshire has a pretty good shot at it if uh people really do move there en masse for the Are you free coming? state movement. Are you coming? Uh, uh no, I'm too much of a oh. Missouri patriot to uh to leave. Why? What's so, it mean? What does it mean to be a Missouri patriot? <laughs> well, 
It's uh, just a attachment to my home and my community that I've uh, lived in since. That's a forever. big problem. I have to say that that's something that is uh, affecting sure. a lot of people. Yeah, and it, what it what it does is it keeps it keeps us from uh, drawing on the sort of older, more experienced patriot types that would uh, that might move. And I, at 35 or whatever, when I moved, I, I certainly felt attached to uh, Sarasota, Florida, where I had a really good job making uh, very good money selling ads at a at a high end magazine, but. You know, I I decided to pick up and move, and you had a lifestyle you liked down there too that you yep. changed once you got here. Mm-hmm. So I guess so. What do you think the chances are that Missouri's going to declare independence? Uh, probably not nearly as good as uh, say New Hampshire or even Nevada or some of the some of the smaller states that are uh, you know out in the west. Is but, it is it about uh, is it just kind of like a a feeling that you get that's kind of a, just an attachment to a certain plot of land uh, because I mean we've got trees and and lakes and stuff like that here in New Hampshire it's a very pretty place is it the people uh, that you believe are are nicer there in in Missouri I mean what is it about the the place where you live that is so attractive to keep you there when you know when you you admit that uh, that's more likely that a, de- a declaration of independence will happen somewhere else. Uh, well, it's mostly, I would say, related to people that uh, most of my friends are still here uh, oh, and don't really plan on moving. And But I will say that, yeah, there is something about uh, the area that I grew up that I like more than other places, but that I could get used to. I could get used to different different set of land. What but... if I told you there were a group of people in New Hampshire that were ready to be your friends when you moved here? <laughs> well... As enticing as that sound, uh, I, I mean, I'm always I'm about making new friends, but uh, I do also like my old friends. Uh, how about how about them. this? How about your friends could prove to you how great friends they are by coming with you to New Hampshire? Well, if I can talk <laughs> them into that, then uh, then you might see me out. How there. many of your friends would you have to talk into it before you would uh, consider it a, a possibility, something you would want to do? Mm, at least like five or six. That's not too bad. I think that's doable. Now, how many of your five or six friends would already be of a liberty mindset? Would you have to convert them to liberty first and then bring them to New Hampshire, or are five or six of your friends actually already about freedom? The ones that live in Missouri, there's probably, I guess, three or four that already are, at least of my old friends. I have a... I have other friends that I've made that are already libertarians. Now, John, um, I've got a different tact I'd like to take take with you on this one, and this is, um, you know, it's not quite so uh, evangelical as uh, my uh, co-hosts here. Um, now, if there was a state in the union that was, uh, you know, free by your definition of free, whatever that might be, would you? Uh, what would you do? Would you pack up and move to that state immediately? Well, I'd definitely at least take an exploratory trip. Uh, I don't know about uh, move immediately, but it would definitely uh I'd want to investigate. So if it was half as free as whatever free is by your definition, would you still make that same trip? Probably so. I'd like you to come out to New Hampshire for the next uh, Liberty Forum or uh, Porcupine Freedom Festival to take a look. New Hampshire's been rated by the Mercatus Institute as the freest state in the in the union and uh we've had uh, as the, the the Free State Project um has had quite well, members that have moved here for the Free State Project has had quite a few successes in uh, stopping some major bills. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that the growth of our government isn't continuing here in New Hampshire, but we've stopped some major bills unlike a lot of states. Well, I'm, uh, I've wanted to get out there for quite a while, but uh, just been a matter of time and money. Uh, I now have a lot of time. Uh, I'm just I'm trying to become a freelance writer, uh, and so uh, I have... Nearly unlimited amounts of time. The money, however, isn't as, isn't uh, isn't as forthcoming. 
Please if you knew, here's yet. another question. If you knew that 20,000 liberty-minded people were all moving to the same place, would you want to join them? Uh, it depends. depends. I mean, uh, so, sometimes, so, you know, your marginal, your marginal impact someplace is going to be greater if uh, there are fewer of the fewer people around that are like you. If, if that state were, um, were the live-free-or-die state and one of the ten least populated states in the Union, um, and I can you know, prove this to you by the fact that it is the freest state in the Union still, so one would have to assume that it's populated by people that care somewhat about freedom, even if they don't call it exactly the same thing that you do. Yeah, we're being pretty pushy here, yeah, and I appreciate I just, you putting I, up I just, with us. If you want, if you want, I, I would nudging him around. I'll a be nicer. I mean, I would suggest to anybody who's interested in achieving liberty in their lifetime, or even just checking out what some people are trying to do to achieve liberty in their lifetimes, I would recommend a trip whenever you can swing it financially and schedule wise, um, and just come check it out because you don't have to sign up for the Free State Project to come here scope out what is going on here. And if you decide it's not for you, but you like it. You can always still send money, try to recommend it to other people, maybe do some name dropping for the Free State Project. Sure. Of course, you know, I, I think for a lot, you know, if, if your real objective is to achieve liberty in your lifetime, if that's your main objective, then coming to New Hampshire is the right move. If that's not your primary objective in life, I, I can't say that necessarily it would be the right move for you, but I right. still if, recommend that people check it out if they're interested in liberty. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if somebody's priority in life is to spend time with their family where they were born and that's the most important thing to them, to not move away from, from their area, then that's fine. That's your life and that's what you want to do with it. That's great. If your number one objective is to be as free as possible and invite your friends and family to come with you in that particular um, that route, then there is no other desti- destination in my book than, uh, than here in New Hampshire. And it is worth a look for anybody that, that believes that uh, to be the case, that that's what they want in life, is more freedom. Come on up for the Porcupine Freedom Festival during the summer, or come up during the winter for the Liberty Forum. Either event, I think, will give you a really good taste for what is going on up here and what it's like to be around literally hundreds of like-minded individuals. Even if you can't make it up at either one of those times, if you just decide to take a trip, an exploratory trip to New Hampshire, and you announce that you're going to come here at, over at nhfree.com, for instance, Usually what will happen is people will will create things that are happening if they aren't already going on. Like they'll get together and meet you at a bar and, and have drinks with you and talk and have a good time. Have a burger or whatever. Yeah, meet, meet for lunch or something like that. Just as I, as I mentioned, I think yesterday, we had a, a lady come here this past weekend. There was an announcement made just a few hours in advance uh, that there was going to be a lunch and 12 people showed up for it. So if you announce a few weeks in advance that you're planning on coming up for a little vacation, a little exploratory trip, you'll have all kinds of people. Most likely stepping up to uh, to let you to meet uh, to meet you, and some people might even offer a couch for you to crash on, so you don't have to pay eighty bucks a night for a hotel room or something like that. So it's an amazing uh, group, it's an amazing community of the best activists I've ever seen, and I've never had so much fun in my whole life. I'm sorry for my friends who have not come here yet to New Hampshire, but I understand that most of them don't have the same priorities that I do. You know, one of my friends is uh, working for Microsoft, and he's really into his career, and he lives over on the West Coast. And that's his thing. Uh, another one of my uh, good old friends is together with a, a lady friend of his, and they're enjoying their life together. So you know, whatever floats your boat is what you should follow. Yeah, I don't think that uh, I don't think that we, you know, New Hampshire isn't free yet. We're just working on it. No, but we need help, and that's why we're so desperate. Thanks for the call, dude. I appreciate it. And it's been Ian here with you and Nick and Mark. Because the sooner you get here, if you love liberty, the sooner you get here, the sooner we can have more freedom. We'll see you tomorrow night. FreeTalkLive.com. Attention. 
all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. <laughs> 